If I told you mindset was the singular most important aspect to making money, would you believe me? Well, I for the longest time was avoiding the whole concept of mindset because I see everyone on social media, I see all these gurus talking about it. I figured it was this hot topic that would kind of come and go, but it wasn't until I realized that I need to make some key changes in the way I thought about money and the way I invest, the way I look at businesses. And once I did that, I actually saw some pretty big changes in my life and my bank account. So in this episode, Brandon and I, we are going to be diving into four key mindset shifts that we've taken in ourselves that have really translated in some success in our businesses. If you're new to the show, my name is Tom Moffat, and I'm joined by my good buddy and co-host Brandon Love. We are all about financial independence for Canadians. So if you're into investing, you're into entrepreneurship and real estate mortgages, all of those subjects is everything we're going to be talking about on this channel. So if that applies to you, hit that subscribe button. Let's dive right into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Invested Entrepreneur. Brandon Love here with Tom Moffat. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into four mindset shifts to make more money. And I think mindset is one of those pieces that gets overlooked a lot as some of that like woo-woo, hooky bullshit kind of stuff. And I know, Tom, sometimes you fall in that camp when I send you certain mindset pieces. But I'm a big believer that it is like the foundation that everyone needs. And I can actually like see in the trajectory of my year where my mindset's not great, that like my sales fall off versus times where my mindset's banging, that I like really crush it. So I think it's a big piece. But I know not everyone's in the same camp. I'm in the same camp. I'll be clear there before we go on. I love mindset. I think it is a huge piece to one's business and life. But because I consume so much of it through like other podcasts and books and all of that, I feel like maybe I'm just tired of it. Not this year. I feel like I have like a renewed sense of like wanting to talk about it. But I feel like I've consumed it so much that I sometimes I get tired of talking about it. So that was the only thing. But I'm actually pretty fired up for this episode. But yeah, that's just my take on it. Fair enough. I think especially like within our brokerage that we're in ourselves, there's a lot of like, everything is mindset. And then sometimes we're like, no, you actually have to go out there and hustle and you have to move the calls, you have to do the work. Yes, you can't just sit in your basement, clutch your crystals and say, I'm going to make half a million dollars this year. It just doesn't work (laughs) that way. Fortunately, we see that quite a bit. So yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I will just dive into a big one. And this one was huge for me. And it was the idea of not getting caught in a sunk cost fallacy. So what that means is you feel like you can't give up something because you've put so much time and energy in it. And in my case, it was this like farm that I had literally built from like a plot of grass to growing vegetables and flowers and relationships with restaurants and years of work and over $100,000 sunk into the project when I realized that it wasn't really going anywhere and I had to make the decision of what comes next. And the other item I had on the docket was I was just starting to broker mortgages and I wasn't doing very well at it. I didn't have a lot of clients, but I had to make the decision to burn the boats and go all in. Carrying both never worked. Like the farm suffered, the mortgage business suffered, and I would just kind of like mediocre at best. Cool, man. So could you pinpoint what made you actually make that switch to go all in on mortgages? Like, was there a day where you're like, I need to make this switch? Or was it more of a gradual thing that happened over time? If I had to pick an exact day, I would probably say like Halloween of that year, I took Willow trick-or-treating and I realized like, I was in a fucking argument with Livia. I was like, I don't have any money saved up. I was getting really like frustrated with the business. I felt burnt out from 
getting out at like five to water the plants, harvesting every day. And like, and then I had just recently funded a mortgage and I was like, wow, that's a lot of money for not a lot of input. And I was like, if I could just scale that side of things up, even if I only funded like 10 loans next year, I would make more money than I'm currently making. I was very passionate about growing food. And I was like, this is something that I think is probably like more suited to someone who's retired or gone and made money and then revisited their passion versus like trying to nickel and dime your way to building a business from a passion. So just had to make the tough call there. Yeah, if only future Brandon can go back and tell you, hey, man, here's my new hourly rate, you got to get out of this business. But hey, you made that decision. And I'm sure you're glad you did, even if it took you a bit longer, but it wasn't a long time until you realized that you realized that pretty quick. But there was a delay there going back to the sunken cost fallacy is that you were envisioning yourself spent hours on end waking up so early in the morning, spending so much time on this business that it was hard for you to let that go. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can really understand that. And that's not to say that every single person needs to quit their job and go all in on some sort of side hustle or other entrepreneur journey. You do have to kind of test the waters, in my opinion, before you go and do that, which you did. For sure. And I think it's a hard piece as an entrepreneur, because you're also of the mindset that like, eventually, the levy is going to break and this opportunity is going to come through. And you're going to catch the break that you waited for. So there is something to be said about staying in the ring long enough to win the fight. But at a certain point, you have to have the self-awareness or the awareness of your industry to realize that is this a fight you can actually win? You're just standing in the corner, propped up on the ropes, getting pounded in the face over and over again, because that sucks. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. Awesome. So why don't we move on to our second point here, avoid multiple streams of income. So that sounds like counterintuitive. I know like everyone talks about multiple streams of income and how you should have multiple streams of income and that it's like something you need to have. But I think we share somewhat of the same opinion. I think you got to have a balance of both. I think it's important that you do go all in on whatever's working for you. And then sure, if things are going really well and you have that capital to invest more of a passively weight on the side, then sure, go ahead and do that. But for me, it was more of a realization this past year where I was trying to do all of these different things at the same time. And they were kind of both even field and even keel. Like one wasn't really taking off until I ditched that other business and I focused all in on the mortgage business. And that's when things started taking off. So I think you can kind of relate to that too, because that other business was a shared business that both you and I had that we decided to drop at one point because we realized that let's get rid of these multiple streams of income. Let's focus on the one and lo and behold, it actually worked. So yeah, the multiple sources of income, I think it always relates back to the chase two rabbits catch none. If you're pulled in too many directions, you're not putting enough energy into the one and you don't have the critical mass to push it forward. And quite often the temptation is, and this goes back to the shiny episode we did, shiny object episode, excuse me, that another opportunity will always present itself and distract you along the way. And you're like, oh, this is really great. This is a spinoff of that one thing that was working. But that invariably pulls you away from the business that actually needed the attention. And it just grinds everything to a stop. And then you need the mindset piece to focus in, regenerate the effort and point the energy in the direction that you're actually going to take. 
Yeah, even if it's something like, hey, you got to write this down, put it on your monitor at home in your office, just a little sticky note that says concentrate or like one stream income, avoid the multiple streams or whatever the saying is for you, put that in somewhere so you can see that on a daily basis, because I know I need it, especially when it comes to shiny object. And another example for me is when I started out on my entrepreneurial journey, I always thought real estate was something you absolutely needed because of course, like the percentage of millionaires there, a lot of them are investing in real estate. So I figured like, okay, I need to build up my portfolio and get to 50 plus properties. And then I quickly realized it was a huge distraction from everything else I'm trying to do in my other businesses. So I dropped that too. I do still have properties, but I'm not accumulating more under my belt because I know my time is better vested towards the one singular business. And again, so this is all stuff like our own opinion. You could be different. Maybe having multiple streams might work for you. But for me, and I think mostly for yourself as well, just diving all in on one has been a huge game changer for us. Yeah, 100% for sure. I think focus wins nine times out of 10. There's those people that are anomalies. And I know you're out there and good for you. But for the average person, focus will win most of the time. Next piece, I think, is one that... It depends on the type of person you are that you fall in either camp and you want to pull a little bit from each camp. And that is making sure you're playing offense and defense. So a great example of this is someone who is very frugal on the saving side, always cutting coupons, penny pinching, making sure they're doing all their research before they buy anything. And these are all good things to do. But sometimes it comes at the cost of like actually putting effort into earning more income and playing offense on the earning side. So looking for more promotions, looking for better jobs that might suit you, looking for more referral partners or people that can help you actually grow that business you're working on. That's playing offense. The savings, the scrimping, that kind of stuff is defense. And there's a place for both, but you need to balance. And too often I see people falling in either camp. And I know me, myself personally, I was always because of that like not having a lot of money farming kind of perspective. I was always on the frugal side. It took me a while to shift into playing offense for my business. But once I did, my earnings doubled. Yeah, I think there's a lot of wasted time there when you're trying to like nickel and dime things. And I've been there before too. And I know Hermosi, he's mentioned this a bunch of times. And it's so true is that if you really add up the amount of time that it takes to cook your meals, as an example, like maybe you love cooking, so this wouldn't apply to you. But for me, like I don't mind cooking, but I also don't love it. It's not a hobby of mine. I've saved so much time by ordering out more. And I'm relatively healthy with what I eat, even when I'm ordering out, it saved me so much time versus actually cooking the meals every day. And I know that time is well better vested into my business. And I can yield a far higher income than the amount of money that I would have saved cooking. And honestly, man, like some of like, if you compare the grocery costs to some of the takeout, like it's not that big of a difference. It depends on what you're ordering out, man, but it's really mind blowing when you actually do the math on some of it. Yeah, especially with where grocery prices are today, it's not crazy. I love cooking. So I, my cooking time is like that time with my family. We cook, we shoot the shit, and then we eat together. So I like that piece because it's kind of my break before I go back to work a little bit in the evening. But totally from a cost perspective, you're splitting hairs, especially if you can find those healthy options and like not fall too far off the rails in that respect. I think a lot of it too, for me is like, I don't know, like you see people who will see a strategy or something they could deploy and they're like, Hey, this could make me $150,000. 
but it's going to cost me $10,000. And they're like, I don't want to spend $10,000. I'll figure out the way to do it all myself. But you don't have enough time for it. You're trying to do this like duct tape wallet kind of version of getting through life. And it just, it's a mediocre version of what it actually should look like. Yeah, you and I know a lot of people personally that we know they can excel and grow their business much further if only they didn't have the fear of hiring and replacing their time with some of the minute tasks that you could really hire out for $20 to $25 an hour versus you know if you're prospecting more and getting more leads in, then you're far better off that way. And it's all coming down to the fact that they just don't want to take the risk and hire someone and pay them. So that's a great example there. For sure. And all of these things, when you're changing how your mental mindset, your money mindset is from being a saver to being someone who's a little bit more of a spender, to giving up jobs that you're comfortable within, all of these things, giving up income streams point to just discomfort. You have to be willing to embrace that discomfort and seek it out and find areas where you can force yourself to be uncomfortable to allow that room for growth. And no one, you're a strong guy where there, you know, you haven't put any muscle on by not working out and tearing those muscles first. You have to put yourself in those positions and then that allows the next opportunity and the next version of yourself to grow out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that kind of leads us into our last point there, seek discomfort. And you know, something that I've been living by, I'd say for the last two years now, and it's something I always constantly remind myself of, because if I can look back on, not just business, but my personal life and any goal that I've accomplished, it all comes down to me stepping outside of my comfort zone. And I can directly go back to that point and realize, hey, I stepped out of my comfort zone and it allowed me to get to this place. And I think when you start doing that, it'll open up your mind to what opportunity is going to present itself to you. For sure. And it also sets you up for a position to be able to chase bigger things because you know, okay, this is going to be painful for six months to a year, but I was able to endure pain for two months before to get to my next goal. It gives you a longer like pain threshold, which allows you growth in greater amounts. Yeah. And I think like even sprinkling in some moments of discomfort throughout your day, it sounds funny, but like Take a cold shower. I know it's a big hype right now. I've been doing it for a while and it's just something that I do automatically now in the morning. I wake up at 445. It's cold. We're recording in January now. It's dark, Canadian winters. It's horrible, right? But like the last thing I want to do is hop into that cold ass shower, but I still do it because I know if I do something that's uncomfortable and something that's hard, I'm not going to veer into that habit of just being soft and pass up on that opportunity in the future that presents itself that is uncomfortable thing to get through. So I just like trying to train my body, train my mind with all of those different things that I sprinkle into my life. 100%. Couldn't agree more. I'm going to stick to the warm baths for now until that trend's coming around. But uh, (laughs) I'm doing fasting. So I haven't eaten in a while. I'm pretty hungry here. That's my discomfort I'm putting in my day to day right now. But yeah. So just to quickly recap here. So number one, don't get caught in a sunk cost fallacy. Don't worry about letting things go. The time you spent isn't lost. You've acquired some other skills elsewhere within that. Avoid multiple strings of income unless you are one of those like anomalies who can work on a lot of things and have them all go well. Focus is going to win long term there. Three, make sure you're playing offense and defense. Most people fall in one of those two camps mindset wise. So just identify which one you are and then look for opportunities to add on the other side and balance out. And then number four is seek discomfort. All of those first three things aren't fun to work on, but they will lead to your growth. And those 
four money mindsets will help you earn more money in 2024 right on well if you guys enjoyed this please take a second and just give us a rating and review whatever platform you're on it helps us reach more people so that way we can have some really cool guests in the future so if you take that second that would be great and other than that thanks for sticking around and we'll see you on the next episode cheers everyone